Welcome back to another episode of Breaking Bread. I'm here with Erica Pate. Welcome Ciao. to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I've been really excited about this. Of course. And it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I have to say that this is the first podcast where we're bringing up um, my whole entire point of starting this podcast was to highlight Italian-Americans in the community mm-hmm. and uh, to also bring up people who were trying, you know, to get into the influencing game or just, you know, showcase their Italian culture. And I thought you'd be a perfect fit for the first one. Thank you. That's awesome. That's of really course. Exciting. Now, uh, Erica and I have known each other through growing up Italian, obviously. Mm -hmm. And she has done a lot of work for a lot of small brands and restaurants uh, with growing up Italian and on the side on her own. She's now a full-time freelancer and uh, very, very talented. Thank you. Appreciate that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about like what you do, um, where you come from. I I know you're not from Queens or Brooklyn. That's also a new thing for the show. I'm I'm an outlier here. Yeah. (laughs) So... Um, so my family is off the boat on my father's side. My mother's from Queens. Um, my dad was born in Italy, moved here and, um, we grew up in Yonkers, uh, as kids, we moved up closer in the suburbs, but I know everyone in Yonkers likes to be like, Oh, this is the sixth borough, but (laughs) everyone in the city is like, "Mm, don't start with that. I second that. (laughs) I I I know we're upstate, huh? Um, yeah, but you know, I think for me, I've always grown up very in tune with my Italian culture. Um, Like my grandfather, my grandmother, my nonni, they lived in the house with us. You know, I was a kid and I didn't respond to clap your hands. My (laughs) my parents told me, clap your hands. You know, I responded to batte le manini. (laughs) So I grew up very in a Calabrese household. And um, it's always been such a huge part of my life that I ended up uh, going to college and studying art and design as well as Italian language and culture and ended up, uh, I go to Italy every couple of years and I, you know, I speak it fluently. I'm not off the boat, I guess, but you're off the boat. Basically I'm almost, you're you're off the boat. I'm not off the boat. You're off the boat. Yeah. And you know, I feel like there's a lot of conversation about, you know, how Italian are you? Is that authentic Italian? Mm -hmm. Like, no, you were born like, at the end of the day, if my mom gave birth to me in Italy, what would the difference be, right? I could have moved here. It would be the same amount. True. That's true. I definitely think that you're spot on with that, like with the how, like, Italian are you? Just because, like, like you know, it doesn't have to mean, like, you could be sixth generation, speak fluent Italian, like, you know, and know everything about the culture. So there's really, like, a there's, like, a happy medium. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, when I was in, uh, I studied at Hunter College in the city of Manhattan, and um, I had a professor who was from Belgium, and she was spoke French and English. Those were her like main languages, a little bit of German, but she spoke Italian fluently, like as good as my relatives, better than my father. Wow! Yeah, so, so I was like, how you're, can you argue with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, you're you're more Italian than most people I know. <laughs> do you like get the like you don't look Italian? You look very Italian, but I'm saying, do you ever get the like you don't? look Italian, like you're supposed to look a certain way. I yeah, get that like all I'm the sure. time. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. Because you're, you're not dark. Yeah. You don't have that classic <laughs> olive. I look like Greg. Yeah. Greek? Mm. I thought it's better than Irish. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I get like, I get a mix. I get yeah. like, sometimes I get, you look so Italian. You're so Sicilian. You're so, because I look very classically Southern Italian, very olive skin, dark hair, dark eyes. Um, but I've gotten to like a lot of people be like, what are you? 
they have no idea what I am. Because I have, on my mom's side, I have, like, a little mix of, like, Middle Eastern, Greek thrown in. So they're, I think it confuses people. That's the Southern Italian. Like, you know, I don't know where the pale skin came from. To but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, my, my mom's side is Sicilian. And my grandmother, my great-grandmother, my grandmother, everyone on that side, they've got, like, light features like you. But even blue blue eyes. Like, wow. piercing blue eyes on that side of the family. I was like, where did... What? I got cocky eyes. <laughs> cocky eyes. I haven't heard that word in a while. Cocky. Yeah, cocky. That was, that was like <laughs> such an Italian word like to say to like babies and stuff. Like, yeah. you know, when they're talking about shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cocky. Cocky means shit. No, she she like meant like cocky is like an Italian like slang for like shit. Yeah. You know? My eyes are brown like yeah. cocky. So. Greg, you smell like cocky. <laughs> Not you, Greg. Not you, Greg. You're a good guy. <laughs> You, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we have two Gregs here today. Yeah. We have Greg, your boyfriend, Gregs, yeah. and yeah. this Greg. So Greg's the only Greg that I know. Now I know two Gregs. Now maybe, like, Greg is more of an Italian name than we thought because there's two Gregs in one room about an Italian podcast. True. That actually is pretty true. I mean, Greg was recently anointed an Italian, so. True. You didn't do that? Did you ever do the 23andMe and the DNA test? I did. I'm kind of regretting that I gave that much information to people. Yeah, now. yeah. You know what? <laughs> but After yeah. I did it, I agree with you. I kind of felt the same way. Yeah, yeah, I did it. But yeah, it, con it confirmed everything I thought. I was like, oh, I'm going to get something I never knew before. And then it was like, yeah, you're 80% Southern Italian. I was like, okay. 20% like Middle Eastern, Greek, <laughs> whatever. Mix. For mine, I had like a mini heart attack because I didn't know this but it updates yes so like ev so the more people take it that are from your region i like guess or like you know close to your family line or dna some crap like that it slowly updates so the first time that i ever took it it said 60 percent italian and i was like mortified oh well, i was mortified i'm like you know my whole life's a lie Antonio, shut up. yeah yeah right yeah like, like my what whole does this mean? life's a lie sure enough like a week later it updates to 80 to like 85 yeah, percent and yeah, i'm like yeah. all right that's more like it yeah but the arrest was like how, how you said it was greek it was middle eastern and somehow i don't know some way i got one percent british i don't know how a little conquering going on but i thought that was kind of cool but the romans did conquer england at one point True. parts of england True. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But uh, enough about England and DNA tests because um, <laughs> it's an Italian podcast. But uh, how did you make the jump from like you said you studied Italian language? Like how did you make a jump from that to like graphic design or is graphic right? Yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Right and yeah. I, I think just like a mix. Uh, you know, I've always been drawn to anything creative. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely have ADD, like diagnosed of course like everyone else on tiktok or whatever yeah, yeah i hear that but um i i've always liked anything creative if i can get my hands in dirt and be gardening doing you know i'm happy with that if i can go into the kitchen and get my hands in some dough that's good too mm -hmm. i started more with like material or physical art so i did mm -hmm. a lot of painting um it's impressive thank you yeah it's it's one of my biggest passions i think you know i ended up stopping for some time between a mix of like not having studio space and like I think there was a time I don't know if you can relate to this but I had people like copying my artwork basically really yeah and like posting about it and, and I didn't really promote myself a lot because I would have been more shy yeah not comfortable in front of the camera and this girl would constantly push herself in front of the camera like 
I'd paint on a snowboard and like five years later she was painting on a snowboard. It used to get to me so much. I had conversations with like friends and family about it and they were like, you know what? Take it as a compliment. Like yeah. you're doing the pioneering stuff. She might be bringing it to a broader audience, but like you had the idea first and she, she thought it was worth something. Wow. That really sucks. Hey, I mean like, like, is, you know, like, no, like your, your, your family is right. Like, you know, as like far as it was your brainchild. So yeah. you know what I mean? You should feel the compliment, but I was never a fan of like people taking like, like, you know what I mean? I think Even collaboration if it's a little is bit. nice. Yeah. You, you know, you could take a little, but I think, you know, if you collaborate, it's, it's better. Yeah. True. I mean, she, she could have given you credit. Could have given you credit. Yeah. 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 I mean, but, people that know, know, but <laughs> hey, can't dwell on that. But yeah, so I did, I did that. I majored in, you know, with a focus in painting and mm-hmm. I, I did clay work for a while. I was getting my hands like into the clay and doing sculptures and stuff and then always writing and that kind of stuff. So it just, whatever I could do where I could create and have an end product, I was happy with woodworking. Like I've done a lot of that. I've built a garden bed. I've built other things around the house. My grandfather was a master carpenter coming here. That was his trade. So, you Woman know. of many talents. Yeah, wow. I'm a generalist, but, yeah. you know, I have no expertise in anything, it feels like. So I'm like, eh, it's I got focus. It's so much better to have, like, a, a little bit of everything than expertise in one thing. Because, you know, you could basically, you could probably hold a conversation with anyone about anything then. True. Right? Yeah, yeah I never yeah. thought of it that way. Literally, you could talk about, I don't know, cooking and at the same time influencing and graphic design. Like, there's very few people that can actually say that they can do that. Yeah. So especially carpentry, I mean, I can't even imagine, like, I don't know, like, I'm just picture, picture me cutting a piece of wood. Well, I'm sitting there with, like, a, uh, yeah. a jigsaw, because I'm like, you know what, I have this vision, I want to do this beautiful, big, round painting. I want it to be four feet in diameter, and I couldn't find that at the art store. I'm like, they don't have that, or it was so expensive if they had anything close to the size. So I was like, I'm going to go buy some MDF board at Home Depot, and I'm going to cut it. My friend had a jigsaw I could borrow. He, he like, gave me a piece of string and a pencil. We drew out the radius with it, and I cut the wood, and I made my own canvas, basically. That's awesome. Yeah. You have to do TikToks about that. I, yeah, I should have. That was that, This was pre-TikTok, though. This was when it was yeah, still true. musically. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. I thought it was Vine, or it was musically first? It was musically first. Huh. Vine, I think, was separate, Okay. but similar concept. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's crazy though. Like I can't even imagine like the pencil, the radius, like I failed geometry. So no, I <laughs> that was the didn't, one that I was good at. at it. Yeah. Yeah. Still though, but that's, that's really good. Nice. Yeah. Really and, cool. uh, now when you said, uh, something really caught my attention, you said that you saw it and you knew what it had to be like, like, how do you, how are you able to just like create it? If like that makes any sense, like you have the picture in your head, like, what's the motivation to actually want to see it and how do you get there? Um, I don't know if that's too broad. No, Sounds no, like a really I, high question. Yeah, yeah. I think it, <laughs> I, we should, we should have a little something, something. I, I have one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it depends on the project at hand. I think a lot of times, a lot of what I was influenced by with like, uh, painting and whatnot. And even with my clay sculptures was the water um specifically like when i went to italy like the water in calabria on on the on the sea there it was just incredible you go in and it's like the caribbean it's so blue and on the top but like you look and it's really so clear you can see your feet from like i don't know 20 yards out like it's crazy you could go under it and snorkel and see like 
the bottom of the floor with all the coral. It's it's gorgeous. And so that really, I think, had a big impact on me. And um, I did some, like, uh, whitewater rafting trips with family. So, And I live by the Hudson River, I guess, here. So I'm always, like, I think life always revolves around water. And I think it sounds a little corny, but that was part of, like, my artist statement in, you know, college. I think, you know, people tend to settle around the water, and it's it's what brings people together, you know. Every major city in history was started along a river. Yeah. Pretty much. Like exactly. Every single major city. I don't, bl- no, like that's really uh, eye-opening. That makes sense. Like water's important to our life to live. Yeah. You know, we build cities around it. That's, that's pretty deep. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit more than just, just my face. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's pretty deep. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So and I'm going to smoke and think about that later. Do it, do it. <laughs> and I think too, like a lot of what I like to say is, you know, artists, influencers would be nowhere mu- musicians if there wasn't the effect that it has on people. So I think in like 2015, I sat down at the end of, towards the end of college and I wrote my artist bio and I wrote the thing about the water and then I added into it about how any kind of art, any kind of music, any kind of that kind of stuff any kind of art medium, whether it's music, physical art, whatever it is, theater, it only has an impact when the viewer, the audience takes it in, right? It's it's a relationship. Art and influencing, all that kind of stuff, music, is a relationship between the people that are creating and the people that are consuming, observing, people in the audience. It Without that interaction, it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's true. Wow. Really deep, another really deep statement. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, no, but that did make me think of something. Uh, like what you said is very beautiful. Like it's, um, it takes a person like to be an artist. Like you have to have that that kind of mindset. Like how you're, like how you're talking. And I feel like Italian families don't always get that. Am yeah. I wrong? Or no, no, a hundred percent. I was listening to your podcast. Um, before I've, I listened, I think most recently, I think I, the ones I listened to were like Danielle and, and Premium Pete, and mm-hmm. they all had similar sentiments where, you know, it's hard when you come from like this classic, like immigrant family, you know, I went into, I, I, I went away from art for some time. I, I, did, I couldn't major in just art in college. I had three majors. I had art and design. I had art history. So that would give me like a backup to work in a museum. Of course. And I had Italian where my parents were like, okay, you could be a teacher. You could work in a court as a translator, anything like that. And I worked in a photo studio for a year. I was a manager of a studio. I managed freelancers and whatnot and um, did a lot of coordination. And I, I went on set and I was photo like taking photos and whatnot on set. And then after a while, my parents were like, okay, but what are you doing with your life? Where are you going? Like, cause this is, it's not paying anything. Where are you going with that? And I kind of got in my head. I was like, they're right. Like I, I, you know, for them, they want to see their children succeed. They want to see you be independent, financially independent, be able to not get whisked away by anything. And I was like, all right, you know what? It seems like a safe career move. I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a lawyer. I can't, I don't want to do any of that stuff. I don't like that much blood. I can't handle yeah. it. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to sit in a courtroom all day. I took court. I did well, but I was like, mm. so I was like a teacher. That's good. That's a safe role. That's it'll be consistent, like income, whatnot. I'll do that. And I did that and I loved it. I love the kids and everything, but I felt like I couldn't be a hundred percent myself. 
um, because you have to have like a, a teaching persona and whatnot. And I think a lot with the pandemic, a lot from what I've heard from other teachers that are still in teaching, um, it's very different now. And the relationship is tough with like dealing with parents and with administration. Um, but I went to teaching because I wanted to spread Italian culture. So that's I was an Italian teacher and a Spanish teacher. Yeah. So you could speak Spanish fluently too. I wouldn't say fluently. I don't want to ever say fluently because well, I don't no. have the confidence yeah. in there. But I can I, mean, I can get by. I studied in Spain for a little bit. Wow. Um. Uh, yeah. One of those. I studied abroad, so it's pronounced Barcelona. <laughs> 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 but no. But I, you know, I I do speak a little bit. I've got friends in. Um, that are from like Colombia, from Mexico, like, yeah, so I, I can get by with them. <laughs> That's, you, you know, what you said about the um, Italian families and like one thing I never really stress, but it's so true is that they really want you to be well, like they're yes. like not doing it just to be mean or to it's damper on malicious, your dreams. No. Yeah. It's never like that. Like, you know, they always want you to win. They want to see you yeah. succeed at anything at mm -hmm. anything and you know i just never dr drove it home enough so i'm glad that you brought it up but uh, you know they go about it in a really weird way <laughs> yeah and i think a lot of it is it has to do with what they've experienced coming here and and their financial hardship and they're like well you, you need to have some sort of labor whether it's you know physical labor you're a plumber you're yeah. a contractor or whether it's you know the classic doctor lawyer teacher that kind of thing um business so I think it's hard for them to see it, but I think once you start getting in there, it might be a little bit easier each step of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope. What you said, like, that's so, so funny because uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, I, I'll never forget this. Like, I, I don't know if, if it was an interview or like a bit, but he was talking about his Italian family not understanding what he does. Yeah. So he like told <laughs> really his... Cool. You're right. He like told his dad, I'm going to be in a movie with Robert De Niro, oh the Irishman. He's like, I don't understand. What movie? Robert who? <laughs> like, you know, like he didn't believe him that it was actually <laughs> Robert De Niro. Roberto, yeah. 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 It, it, it's funny because and then he like literally said it didn't hit him. It didn't hit his dad until he saw him on the big screen in like a theater. Oh it's like the, the film yeah. was out and he was actually sitting at a dinner table with Robert De Niro. Like. I'm like, you know, yep. that if that doesn't describe an Italian family, Truly. like that's that's spot on. <laughs> yeah. Like cuz still like till this day um like what I basically do is I kind of make TikToks for like a living now and you know my dad Incredible. turned to me the other day. Good for you. Thanks. As one Italian to another, I'm proud. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. And he was he just stared at me. He goes, "So you're really going to make TikToks?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going to do it and I'm going to get paid." And like, you know, I'm glad that you found your way back to art. Like Thank that you. is, that, that is really, really like, it takes guts. It does like, you know, yeah. cause that money thing, like how you were talking about was always in the back of my head until mm -hmm. I just couldn't take it anymore. And I'm sure like, you know, you have a similar story. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm still like afraid to hundred percent take the plunge. Like yeah. I'm still working in a corporate job. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping at some point in my life, you know, I'm like, you know, maybe I'm too old. Like I'm nearing the end of my twenties. Like. But I'm like, you know what? There are people going out there in their 40s and doing this and their 50s yeah. and doing this. So F it. You know, my family is very cautious, I think. And for a while I was trying to film like so I would do stories on my Instagram of my Nona and it got such good reception. People loved seeing it, but she didn't like being on there. And I didn't want to like exploit her. 
So I was like, all right, I, w- I won't post you unless you give me the okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to try to take a video of my dad recently because I've never, I don't really post him. And he was like, no, I don't want, like, they don't want to be on social media. And I think at one point last year, Sabina was like, yeah, like the content with your Nona is great. You should explore that. And I tried and she was just, she shut it down. So I was like, all right, I got to find another route. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like Italian families and cameras. Yeah. Like, they really don't like cameras. Yeah. Like I'm not allowed to have a camera like at, at, at my Nona Nona's house like at all. Wow. Like up until recently, like, you know, when I have my like phone out, I'm kind of like, like I'll pull yeah, it out of yeah, my pocket. Yeah. It's very, very rare. So that doesn't shock me like at yeah. all. Like Nona's, Nono's, dad's, mom's. They like, love like looking out the window and watching what everyone's doing in the neighborhood. Yeah. But God forbid something's on Fachabuka. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they can't handle that. <laughs> now you said you're from Westchester. Yeah. Is there a big Italian area there? I don't know anything about Westchester. Yeah. So, so I saw you make a couple posts about it, which I thought were really great. Thank you. Yeah, I think it depends on the neighborhood. I know that there are some schools that still have an Italian program in the high school, the public really? schools. Yeah. Public where, schools. Where I was, you know, a couple other schools in the area have it. Um, there's some Italian enclaves and some famous Italian places. But in Yonkers, the, the neighborhood of Dunwoody, where, you know, I grew up, was very Italian to the point where every Sunday we had an Italian priest, I would say an Italian mass. So I thought it was normal. You go to church with you. No, no, the mass was in Italian. Wow. It disappeared after a while. The priest passed away and then there was no more Italian mass. And I was like, where's the Italian mass? And they were like, that's not normal. That's an extra. That's We've got, you know, red, white or green, white, red on the sidewalks. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a beautiful deli, Gianna's. Um, we've got Salazzo's deli too. Both great places in our neighborhood. Um, but it it took me, you know, I said before, like, I thought it was normal to have Italian mass. I also thought it was normal to have chickens in your backyard. <laughs> so I grew up as a kid. We had chickens and roosters um, and like big vegetable gardens. We made sauce every year. We made super sad. We made um, eggplant. And I would go to school and I would talk to my friends about it. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. And my friends would be, especially when I moved, because I moved a little bit more north when in middle school, they were like, ew, <laughs> so, like, you're sticking your hands in tripe and then putting sausage? Like, what? Raw meat? Chickens? They thought I was nuts. Chickens. And I was like, so I retreated and I like, I was so nervous to be myself and be like Italian and speak the way that I normally speak. I would put on a very like, hi, I'm Erica. And I would try to like hide any kind of like sense of Italian in me. And then I was like, F it. This is who I am. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that just because I feel like a lot of people don't talk about that enough. Mm. Like now at this point in time, we're at a time. Jeez, that was I said time like 10 times, but we're at a point in, I guess you can say history where being Italian is cool. Yes. And you know what I mean? Like it's finally cool, but people always forget it wasn't always like that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, it's like what you're talking about with, with like the chickens and stuff. Like, like, you know, uh, plenty of uh, Italian American families and Italian, Italian families have gone through this, like the assimilation. Yeah. And, uh, people don't get like, you know, it's not just, um, other ethnic groups. It's us too. It's like the beginning of the Sopranos, the first episode, you see Paulie in the coffee shop. He's like, we basically invented this shit. Yeah. Like, where's our, <laughs> where's our cut, you know? So you know, I, I think a lot of cultures go through that. It's not just Italians, but it's definitely like, for me, it's important to hit on that because I am Italian and mm-hmm. it's something I take pride in. So, 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's, you know, there was definitely a phase where Italians obviously were not treated well and not well received. You know, you think of the word Dago, right? We, yeah. we love that word. We recla- Like you use that more. He reclaimed that word. I use it on a daily basis, but yeah. it was like a Dago or like someone who would like only go out in the daytime because that like other people would not make them feel comfortable enough to go out at night. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's where the word Dago comes from. Sometimes people say, oh, it's from Diego. Mixed messages, but I think maybe both, but... I didn't know that. Yeah. You have an Italian teacher. You just taught me something. Yeah, they're good. Finally, I could teach something still. (laughs) But, um, no, like, uh, it's funny that you bring that up, too, because when I was watching The Godfather with my Greg, (laughs) (laughs) he was like, uh, he was like, what did... What does Dago mean? Because yeah. the part where Fredo's having a fight with his wife and she says, never marry a WAP, like yeah, Dago, wop. blah, blah, blah. Dago. And he, he was asking me, he goes, you know, I don't know what that is. Why is it bad? Yeah. Because it, like, it sounds I, like a regular word. Yeah. It, it like really does. And I had to sit there and like explain it. But uh, no, like people, you know, that's a part of our culture too, mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of people don't um, understand what we go through yeah. in our own way. No, hundred percent. And I've, you know, when my dad came here, they didn't have ESL programs in the Catholic school that he went to or anything. Um, and my my grandparents, my nonni, saved all their money to send him to a Catholic school. Was it necessary? I don't know. But they didn't have ESL, and so he had to, like, learn from just being around everything. And he definitely, I think, faced a stigma to the point where, even as an adult now, he speaks fluent dialect at home. Like, you, he'll get on the phone with my nonna, with my cousins, and he'll let it come out, but he gets nervous. He'll shell, he'll shell up. And mm-hmm. if we're out at an Italian restaurant, he won't try to speak like he's Italian. He'll say, can I get the eggplant Parmesan? Can I get the um, Capicol and the yeah. ziti? Like he'll pronounce it so American. I'm like, that's not your voice. That's not what you sound like. It's very, um, it's very, very common. That doesn't, yeah. that really doesn't surprise me. It's uh, like, you know, Italians, uh, I'm glad that now it's our time, I guess that you can yeah. say. And now I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with like stuff like you're doing, like Rosella's doing, um, Sabino, Michela, and Rosaria, and Rocco, like everyone at Growing Up Italian and all the other affiliates, like bringing that back into the spotlight. It's relatable for everyone that is Italian, but it's also relatable for people that aren't and, and they're mm-hmm. able to connect to the culture and the community and it spreads in, in, in the best way. It does. It does. That was very beautifully said. Italian, like like how we were talking about, uh, Italian doesn't have to be, I guess you can say, by by blood. It can be like, it's a kind of a living, breathing thing. Agreed, yeah. Another thing that I thought was um, really funny, and I wanted to talk about it on this podcast with you, is I feel like Italians are like one of the few cultures that can make money off of being Italian. If like that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're just like if you actually I'm Italian. Yeah, if, like, oh. if you actually think about it, like <laughs> for some reason it's like, oh, you know, I'm I'm Italian, and you go to a business owner, they're like, I'm Italian, and you know, yes, all of a sudden it's yeah. a totally different. It's like a big fraternity or sorority, really, right? Like really you see is. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a way to like connect with people. You have that in common. It's great. You know, I've, there's times where I've gone to restaurants in the city, and I start talking to the wait staff there, and I, I'm like. I'll start speaking Italian. I'll be like, ma, ma tu sei italiano? You tu sei italiano? And, and they're like, oh, yeah. And they start rep- responding to me back in Italian. We have this whole beautiful conversation. I'm like, where in Italy are you from? Your accent sounds so familiar. And they're from like a town next door to my family's yeah. town. Yeah, it happened oh. today too. And, and you know, 
when it happens, it's, it's awesome and it's so exciting and you want to like connect with those kind of people. That's, um, whatchamacallit, like how many times has that happened to you? Like it happens often. Frequently, he just yeah. Italian. Yeah. That's, <laughs> He'll that's be, awesome. I'll just like start talking Italian and they'll be like, what? <laughs> He's like, again? <laughs> do you just, uh, do you, I guess you could say you speak it every day? I try to, yeah. I yeah. speak it to my nonna. Um, I'll message family. I'll send voice memos. I'll call. Um, I try to use it as much as possible, but it's hard, especially with, you know, older generations and, and families getting smaller. Yeah. And do you speak it with your dad? Because you said it's all dialect at sometimes, home? Sometimes. Sometimes. He's very, you know, he wouldn't teach me Italian. So he wouldn't, he wouldn't speak to me in Italian as a baby because I, who knows, maybe he was like, I don't want to. I don't want you to be like bullied or whatever, but my nonni would speak to me in Italian. So I spoke back to them and, um, I try to speak to him once in a while, but my mom, so my mom's like, she's half Sicilian, half like Greek, Middle Eastern. And, um, when she started dating my dad, she found out he's Italian. So what does she do? She tries to impress him. And so she takes Italian classes and she comes back and she starts speaking Italian to him. And he's like, what are you saying? And she was like mortified. She was like, I spent this time and this money to learn Italian to try to impress you because I like you, like all this stuff. And he's like, I don't speak Italian. I speak dialect. I speak Calabrese. Yeah. So it was like a lost effort there. Yeah. <laughs> but she tried. It was cute. <laughs> that is really cute. Um, how would you say, like, I'm sure you get this question all the time, but how would you say is the easiest way to actually learn Italian? Like, you know, to be able to speak it enough where you can hold basic conversations with, with people, like, you know, take a class, yeah. like... Greg's right, the kitchen. The really? kitchen, the, Like, if you're in an environment in which you have to use it, you have no other choice, that's the best thing. That's why, like, studying abroad, if you can, or immersing yourself into a neighborhood that, like, immersion culture, I think, is the best. You won't... You may not be, like, fluent, fluent. You, your accent might not be 100%, but I think... You know, something that I, I see in America versus Italy, like you go to Italy and you try to speak Italian and you try to put on an accent, you try your best to pronounce the words properly. They're so receptive to it. They're yeah. like, that's great. They'll try to speak back to you. They'll be encouraging. And it's like here, if you try to speak English and you're not from here, sometimes people yeah. like yeah. jeer at you and they'll be True. like, oh, haha, you can't say that word right even. Yeah. And people get scared to try to use like an accent and try to pronounce things properly they're like oh you're being snotty if you say parmigiano versus parmesan yeah <laughs> i'm like no you're just saying it right you're putting respect on the culture the fact that you said that is crazy because that's exactly how i feel mm-hmm. i don't really tell anyone but i can speak more italian than i actually let on i just siciliano or italian both, both okay right? that's no i think Back it's amazing when you have the dialect thank you I just never let it on because mm. I hate the way that it sounds when it comes out of my mouth. No, but the more you do it, the more natural it'll be for you to like let it out and the more natural it'll sound and the better your accent will be. One day, one day. I, I got to practice with my normal more. Yeah. I just hate the way it sounds when it, when it comes out. You have out. to be comfortable in the discomfort. You have to be willing to make the mistakes and take the risks. Like I know now I'm putting out a bunch of TikTok videos, a bunch of reels, and I'm like, okay. Which are all great. Thank you. But I'm really? like, all right, I, I can see where I can improve. My friends give me some feedback. And I'm like, I know in six months from now, I'm going to look back at this and be like, why did I put that out there? That's terrible. But you have to get the crap out first to get the good stuff in. It's true. It's true. 
I guess I got to move to Italy for three months or something. Hey, why not? <laughs> yeah. That's true. You know, it's it's just consistency. It's like with influencing, right? Like mm-hmm. you say, like, keep posting videos, keep creating. You got to just keep forcing yourself in any occasion that you can. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a restaurant. If you see that the servers and the waitstaff, everyone's Italian, try to force yourself to speak to them in Italian, mm-hmm. even if it's not comfortable. I'm going to try that. I'm actually going to try that. I almost never do it. Like I said, I'm very against it, but I will I will try it. Yeah. And I think, you know, using things like Duolingo, why not? Or that a stone, whatever it is, like use that kind of stuff. Maybe try, like if you want to get fluent in writing, like keep a journal every day, pick one topic, write 10 sentences about the topic and, and as best you can. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's just for practice. Now to close out, what would you say, like what's the plan for you and, and the future like what are you where where are we gonna go next like you know i want to have you back on the podcast like a couple months love that yeah yeah no like it's really cool like growing up italian does this like it's not just like you know you're on here once and it's one and done like you know we want to check back in and see where you know my how italian culture goes on and on and lives and breathes the same thing with the people yes yeah percent Oh, I think for me, it would just be trying to push myself to keep putting out more content and keep trying to figure out maybe if there is a specific niche, if it's just Italian culture in general, if mm-hmm. there's something within it that I want to focus on um, and just kind of keeping myself accountable, mm-hmm. I think is, is what it is more and, and just keep creating and being accountable in that. I think, you know, hopefully in the next five years, I'll be able to do this more have this take up more time of my life as opposed to less, but mm-hmm. I, I want to give myself some, t- some, uh, spaced out grace periods because I'm nervous to rush myself and then feel like, Oh, I missed it. And like get mad at it. Cause I don't want to do that to myself. Yeah. I want to enjoy the ride. That's awesome. Well, it was a pleasure having you on Erica. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Anthony. Grazie mille. <laughs>